Welcome back, friends, to Hope is a Prayer Away. I am your host, Pastor JJ. And in today's Bible study, we are going to be studying infidelity intervention. And let us begin by defining infidelity. Infidelity is the unfaithfulness in a marriage or relationship. It can severely strain a relationship and the people involved. An affair can leave the other person feeling devastated, alone, betrayed, and confused. And sometimes an affair ends a relationship. Other times couples can repair their relationship. They may do this on their own or with the help of a therapist. And this can often make the relationship also stronger. Now, what counts as infidelity? And this is a good question. What one person considers infidelity, someone else may not. As an example, one person may not see their partner's viewing of pornography as cheating, while another person might see it as cheating. People may feel inadequate if their partner engages in behavior they see as unfaithful. Now, what causes infidelity? And studies show adults in the United States accept sec- expect sexual monogamy. Of course, this excludes those in an open relationship. But most of the people that are married in the United States do expect sexual monogamy. However, up to 20% of those that are married will engage in extramarital, extramarital sex at some point. And affairs happen for a myriad of reasons. One of the main reasons may be lack of relationship satisfaction. A successful relationship often means that both people feel stable and secure. It often also requires physical and emotional intimacy. Deficiency in these areas can reduce the relationship satisfaction. And lack of satisfaction. Lack of relationship satisfaction can make infidelity more likely. Now, what are the types of infidelity? Some different types of infidelity can occur in a relationship. So, as an example, what is an object affair? Well, an object affair is the neglect of a relationship to pursue an outside interest. The pursuit may reach a point of near obsession. There is also a sexual affair component to this, and one partner may have sex outside the relationship. They often do not experience emotional attachment to that person. Studies show that men have a harder time forgiving a sexual affair than women. Women may be more likely to forgive an affair when emotions are not involved. There's also cyber affair. This infidelity committed through text and chats It may stay online and never reach the point of sexual intimacy. But this type of affair might also include the viewing of pornography. Some people consider the act itself to be a form of infidelity. Now let's take a look at the effects of infidelity on the uninvolved partner. So we find that infidelity can greatly impact both parties in a relationship. And these effects may extend to others such as children. People who are cheated on may also be more likely to engage in high-risk behaviors. These behaviors could include having unprotected sex or sex under the influence of drugs, 
increased drug or alcohol use may be another one of these behaviors. Overeating, undereating, and overexercising could also be more likely during this time. And if your partner has had an affair, couples therapy may help you. Partners who choose to rebuild their relationships after an affair may use therapy to rebuild, to help rebuild their trust in their relationship. What are some of the risk factors for infidelity? So data suggests that some factors correlate with the increased infidelity. Some risk factors for infidelity include being a male. Men are almost 80% more likely than women to have engaged in an affair. We also find that living in a big city. This may increase the odds of infidelity by 50%. Being young. Twice as many infidelity cases take place among people aged 18 to 30. Fewer cases are reported for those over the age of 50. And it is important to keep in mind that these factors are results of studies. And just because a person is in one of these categories does not mean that they will cheat. And if you're worried your partner is cheating, consider them as their own person. Anybody can engage in infidelity or be cheated on. And let me share a quick story with you of one of my uh, former co-workers. And this young man started dating this young lady. And uh, I remember that myself and a couple of other friends of ours told uh, our friend, leave it alone. You're married. You just had a baby. I believe his, his, his son was maybe a year old. I remember that he was still in a high chair. And his wife was a very nice person. Uh, she was an accountant. Uh, worked, came home. She did all her chores. She maintained the house. Cooked for him. Took care of him and the baby. So one day, my friend is in the shower. And uh, there's a knock on the door. So his wife goes and answers the door. And... The young lady at the door said, is so-and-so home? And she says, yes, he's taking a shower. She says to her, well, I am, her, I am his girlfriend. His wife was stunned. She says, you are his girlfriend? Well, come on in, have a seat, sit down. He'll be out in a couple of minutes. During this interval, she kept feeding her baby. She was feeding the baby as, as this event uh, unfolded itself. And when my friend came out of the bathroom and saw this young lady whom he was having an affair with sitting in his, in his uh, living room, he told us that he wanted the floor to open up and swallow him. What happened after, after this was that there was a, a little bit of a heated exchange and my friend's wife said, please, you guys go outside and have your discussions because the baby's crying and he, I don't want that in my house. So my friend and his uh, 
girlfriend went outside and they exchanged words or whatever. And when he came back inside, his wife told him that he was to go to his parents' house, that when she finished taking care of the baby, that she would pack all of his belongings and put it in a suitcase and call him and she would leave the suitcase outside the door. And so my friend begged and pleaded with her and she simply said, you know, if I am not enough for you, if all that I do for our marriage isn't good enough for you, I work, I take care of our child, I take care, I clean my home, I cook. If all of that isn't good enough for you, then you deserve this young lady that came here. And she wouldn't take him back. So my friend did as she asked, went home to his parents' house. She packed up all his belongings and they finally got divorced. My friend ended up marrying another young lady who had several children. And instead of raising his children or his child, he raised her children. So friends, and you know, this can happen to anybody. He's not alone. Nobody is perfect. We all make mistakes. But you know, one of the things that I did find in, in, in this scenario is very, I think it's very compelling. And I think that it's very important that if you do care for your relationship, make sure that your other half is satisfied with the acts that take place. And if they are missing, or if they tell you that they're missing this or they're missing that, try your very hardest. Try your very hardest to try to work things out and try to fulfill their needs. Because you know what happens most of the time? People will divorce, they'll break up a relationship, and when they move on to the next person, what's to say that the next person doesn't say, hey, I want you to do this or that? Which is the same thing that your ex-husband or ex-wife was asking for. So, but anyway, that's a decision for you to consider. And we're going to move right along. Now, why does infidelity feel inevitable? If you feel that monogamy is not for you, it may help to discuss this with your partner. Be upfront. You know, tell them, hey, listen, are you interested in having an open affair, uh, an open relationship, as they call it nowadays? And in an open relationship, you and your partner will be on the same page. And that saves a lot of troubles. It may be harmful to use non-monogamy as an excuse for keeping a long-term affair secret. Now, what does Jesus say about adultery? And in Exodus 20 and verse 14, very clearly he says, Thou shall not commit adultery, period. Deuteronomy 22 and verse 22, if a man be found lying with a woman married to a husband, then they shall both of them die. Both the man that lay with the woman and the woman shall, so shalt thou put away evil from Israel. 
Proverbs 6, 24 through 29, out of the NIV version of the Bible. Starting at verse 24, keeping, your, keeping you from your neighbor's wife, from the smooth talk of a wayward woman. Verse 25, do not lust in your heart after her beauty and let her captivate you with her eyes. For a prostitute can be had for a loaf of bread, but another man's wife preys on your very life. I'll stop here and give you an example of this. Um, I remember I was pretty much a rookie when I came on to the police department and I had um, an incident where um, this lady was cheating on her husband. And so she had arranged where she would meet her, her lover in the parking lot of a department store. That department store doesn't exist anymore. But anyway, she would leave her car there, jump into her boyfriend's car, and they would go out to an area motel. They would do whatever they had to do. And then they would come back and she would pick up her car and go home. But apparently this went on for a while. And her husband caught on to that there was something going on. So one day, he follows her. She doesn't realize that he's following her. And since it was a big parking lot, she went ahead and parked, and he parked away uh, away back. And she's, he saw that she was getting into the car with another man. And he did not know that other man. So they went to the, to the area motel that they always went to, this gentleman uh, followed them, saw them both go into the room, and he waited for them at the parking lot of the shopping center. And when they were through, he was there waiting for, for her. And as soon as she got out of the car, he ran over and he shot and killed her. He tried. He shot at the uh, at the companion, and then he had a shootout with the police, and where he ended his life in that parking lot. So, friends, when God tells you this verse, He knows what He's talking about. Remember that He wrote this before the times. He knows. So, let's read that verse again, and please think of this. For a prostitute can be had for a loaf of bread, but another man's wife preys on your very life. Amen. Can a man scoop fire into his lap without his clothes being burnt? Can a man walk on hot coals without his feet being scorched? So is he who sleeps with another man's wife. No one who touches her will go unpunished. Proverbs 6, 32. But whosoever committeth adultery with a woman lacketh understanding. He that doeth is destroyeth his own soul. And I close with this final verse, which I think I mentioned to earlier in our 
in our podcast. And I want to read you 1 Corinthians 7, 5 out of the new uh, NLT, uh, New Language Translation. And it says, do not, this is the Apostle Paul now, who wrote most of the books in, in the New Testament. So the Apostle Paul writes, do not deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so you can give yourselves more completely to prayer. So if there's an understanding that you're not going to have sex because you're going to be dedicating your your, your time and your efforts uh, to prayer, then that's okay because you're both in agreement. However, this is what he says, a latter part of the verse. Afterward, you should come together again so that Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So in other words, you know, the Lord knows that there's a reason why he created intimacy and that what happens when you're away from intimacy for a while, it creates a desire, a need. And as the verse puts it, a lack of self-control. And friends, I don't know if you if you're listening today and maybe you've been engaged in an affair, maybe you are having an affair today. And I just want you to know that God's ready to forgive you. God's ready to forgive you and he's reaching out his hand to you. I always tell my Bible students that I want you to think of yourselves extending your hand out to someone that you want to greet and how that person just walks right by you and he doesn't acknowledge you and how does that make you feel well friends think about this for how many days months and years has the Lord been extending his hand out to you and asking you to take his hand and for whatever reason, you haven't. How do you think it makes him feel? But you know, we are so lucky. And we are so blessed. That he, if you decide today that you want him in your life. He's going to f- forgive all of your sins. He's not going to bash you over the head. He's not going to condemn you. No, friends. He wants to give you instant love, relief, and forgiveness of all of your sins. But you know, Christianity is a relationship. And it takes two people to have a relationship. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And if you would like to accept Jesus today, please follow along. Heavenly Father, I come before your throne. I ask you for forgiveness of all of my sins. This day I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I ask you, Father, to please walk with me. I want to take your hand. Talk to me, Lord. Guide me. Protect me. I want to spend eternity with you and God the Father and And the Holy Spirit in heaven. And I thank you for your sacrifice on Calvary for me.
in Jesus' name. And friend, if you said that prayer, I do believe that you were born again. I encourage you to find a good Bible preaching and teaching church. Buy yourselves a Bible that you can read and understand. There's many versions. And the important thing is that you find the Bible that when you're reading it, you, you get the picture. I would also encourage you to go to your Wednesday or uh, weekly Bible study. Go to your Sunday school. Go to your sermons. Take good notes. And then get your Bible with all the notes that you've taken of everything you studied that week. And before you open the Bible to start going over the material that you learned, I would encourage you to pray. And ask the Lord to open your understanding and to help you cause to remember that information that you just read. So that you can apply it to yourself first and then be able to help anyone else that may need to hear those words from you. And we do it humbly. We do it in love. And remember... Jesus doesn't push himself on anybody. If the person tells you, so-and-so, I'm just not interested. Okay, brother, no problem. Leave it at that until the point that they come and ask you again, should they ever ask you again. Amen? So I like to close out every podcast with uh, the memory of the late Pastor John H. Osteen. And he would close out all of his TV sermons with the best phrase I've ever heard. And he would say, keep Jesus first place in your life. And he will take you places that you've never dreamed of. Amen, Pastor Osteen. Friends, thank you for your time and the privilege of being able to share Christ with you. And I will look forward to talking with you tomorrow on our podcast. Thank you.